Coming up on this episode of Disneyland Weekly, Galaxy's Edge opening date revealed, a nighttime favorite returns, cast members' choice for Pixar Fest, Pirates, and more. Disneyland Weekly starts now. This is Disneyland Weekly. Hello and welcome to this episode of Disneyland Weekly for the week of August 8th, 2018. I'm Tig Bushman. And I'm Teresa Urban. We are always asking for your feedback through email, Facebook, Twitter, and recently Instagram. But we thought we would add a couple of old school ways to communicate with us as well. If you like talking on the phone rather than typing out a message, you can now give us a call and leave us a voicemail that we might play on the show. You can call 657-345-4445 and leave us a message anytime. That phone number will also be on our website. Well, if technology is not your thing, even a phone call, then you can also send us mail. We've posted our P.O. box on the website on the right-hand side of the page. Feel free to send us postcards, letters, or whatever strikes your fancy. (laughs) With all these ways to get in touch, we'd love to hear from you. Since this is the live show, that means that it's time again to pull another patron supporter out of the Mickey ears to be a guest on the show. All right. Who's it going to be? I'm not even going to look because we did it in Sharpie, so I could cheat, but I'm not going to. All right, drum roll, please. Who is it? It's Laura. Laura. (laughs) Congratulations. Congratulations. Yep, so we'll be in contact with you. I believe it's going to be like two weeks from now. Think about what you want your topic to be. We'll be in touch with you, obviously, and uh, we'll come up with uh, whatever you can talk about. Now let's get to the news. (laughs) Who's that? Oh. Ahoy there, and what be you're doing in these parts? Be it salty old pirates and treasure that ye be seeking, uh, you've dropped your hook in the right harbor. Now have ye all stout hearts, mateys? Well then, come aboard and I'll be taking ye far away from this sleepy bayou to the blue waters of the Caribbean where they be plundering pirates and adventure and bewitched treasure that be know only to a few like meself uh, what gain a livelihood from the plunder of ships and seaports. Now stay close together now, me hearties, and keep a weather eye. Well, Disney is gearing up for the opening of Galaxy's Edge next summer. Although no official opening date has been announced yet, they have updated the annual pass holder blockout calendars. If you're a deluxe annual pass holder, unfortunately, you will not be able to use your annual pass to get into Disneyland during July of 2019. However, you will still be able to visit DCA during this time. So the interesting thing with this, too, is, you know, since we're gearing up for Galaxy's Edge, we all know it's coming next summer, but like Tag said, we don't know exactly which day is the official opening i was actually reading that a lot of the hotels in the area have been either booked full already or they're already filling up with people anticipating when this opening is going to be that's kind of risky i think because we don't know for sure when it's going to happen so i kind of feel a little bad if the date is moved from when these people have expected it to be and then they're they're kind of stuck with their tickets but i mean they still get to visit disneyland so Kudos well, to them. It's kind of hard because you got to think like, are you going to take the chance and book and mm-hmm. try to make sure you're there for when it opens? Or do you wait until Disney announces and then maybe don't have a room? Right. Um, for In our case, we're going in August. All the people who want to see it first will hopefully have gone in June and July. If it opens in June, I know this is thinking July. But uh, uh, 
you know, so I think by the time the end of August comes around, hopefully everybody that wants to see it or see it, or we'll get unlucky and everybody who wants to see it also wants to see the D23 Expo. So everybody <laughs> will descend all that's, at the same time. That's probably what it's going to be. Let's be Either honest. way, um, it, you know, this is the same thing that happened with Disney World when Toy Story Land uh, was listed to open. They went through and blocked out a bunch of things and that's it. The Disney Parks blog interviewed cast members to find out their favorites from Pixar Fest. Food picks include the Coco Churro, Cheeseburger Pizza, the Root Beer Float Served in Woody's Boots, and the Monster Mint Shake. The up balloons and Christmas ornaments that were featuring Pixar characters with their best friends made the list for their merchandise picks. And for things to do around the resort, cast members picked the Pixar Shorts Film Festival and the Together Forever Nighttime Spectacular. One cast member's pick was actually the Pixar-themed admission tickets. What did you think of the admission tickets? Because you've got one. Well, I totally saved them because I save them each time I go because I'm that person. But I thought they were cute. We definitely did the... Um, the Instagram photo with, you know, putting them up next to each other in front of the Pixar Fest facade on the entrance gates. And so I think that it's interesting because it's one of those things that really isn't a souvenir, but so many people do hang on to and keep. So of the things that they've picked, I see that there was the Coco Churro, like you said, Mm -hmm. which you liked. I did. Um, the cheeseburger pizza, which you also I said you liked. I didn't although, hate. <laughs> yeah, at the beginning you were Yeah, I don't think I could have eaten the entire slice, but I didn't hate it. Of course, the root beer float in Woody's boot, like, yes, of course. which is on my mantle in my dining room now. Um, I didn't hear much about the Monster Mint Shake. Though. I hadn't either, and it looked really good. I would have tried it, but I did not try the Monster Mint Shake. The up balloons came about after I was there. But those look super awesome. The Christmas ornaments are neat. Those were around when I was there. I was a little, I was a little nervous because they're they're like ceramic or something, so mm. they are fragile. Yeah, you didn't want to try to bring those home and break them. I'm not surprised that Together Forever, the Nighttime Spectacular, was on there. No, because um, that's awesome. So yeah, I. Uh, it sounds like a all around good picks. Well, and I think the the Shorts Film Festival is an interesting pick too because they really haven't done anything highlighting Pixar short films in the parks before this that i know of so that's true and those to for me at least are just as popular with me as the well pixar and you know the great thing about the pixar shorts is you see them in the theater and then you kind of forget about them and that's so true. kind of re-showcasing them it's almost like watching them again for the first time <laughs> speaking of together forever the nighttime spectacular it is coming to an end on september 3rd with the end of pixar fest so remember dreams come true will return with weekend performances starting on september 7th the pixar play parade will perform once daily monday through thursday and twice daily friday through sunday phantasmic will move to the standard off-season schedule of weekends only of course i am always thrilled to see remember dreams come true back However, I am surprised they are not keeping the Pixar uh, together forever spectacular going longer because it did seem very popular with people. And usually they keep these things around because they're popular. To me, it's it's very surprising to me that they are getting rid of it just because everything else Pixar Fest related We've, we've got Paint the Night that's sticking around longer, the Pixar Play Parade sticking around longer. So I'm surprised that the nighttime spectacular is coming to an end. But well, in defense of the two things you mentioned there, um, both of those were around before Pixar Fest. Sure, yeah. So it's kind of like they're just staying around because they yeah. were around before. True. Everyone's favorite imaginary friend, Bing Bong, has been taking many different shapes since his candy shop opened last month. When the store first opened, a white curtain showcased a crayon sketch of Bing Bong with his actual nose sticking out. A little while later, his nose was tucked back behind the curtain, and now the curtain is gone, and an image-wrapped wall is in its place. The wall shows an image of Bing Bong and Joy riding in his rocket wagon with the words, Your imaginary friend is flying in soon. 
I just wonder what is delaying this so long. I don't know. That's kind of what I've been wondering too, because what we saw in the concept art was just a static figure of Bing Bong, kind of just. Do you think it's going to be like um, like Midway Mania? They have like the Mr. Potato Head. Perhaps that could be. That'd be really cool if it was. Doug wants and maybe to know, he could cry out real candy tears. Oh, that'd be cool, actually. Doug wants to know who else cries every time Big Bong fades away. Oh, that is so sad. I need to watch that movie again. All the emotions. Disney Junior's newest star, Vampirina, will be coming to the resort this fall just in time for Halloween. Starting on September 7th, you can meet Vampirina in Disney's California Adventure. She'll also be making some special appearances during Mickey's Halloween party during the Frightfully Fun Parade. All right. For those of you that don't know, Vampirina is um, a heartfelt storytelling type of show with Broadway caliber music. Um, so it follows this young girl, Vampirina, a.k.a. Her nickname is also V, a little bit easier to pronounce. Oh, yeah. Um, but she faces joys and trials of being the new kid in town. Um, so she has to make new friends. She's now attending a human school in the human world, and she is a young vampire. So it's all of her struggles with that. Interesting. I will have to look this up uh, and maybe on the next episode, <laughs> I'll have to talk about it. So, and then I see here, Oh, this, I think this is interesting too. So she learns that it's, it, even though it's easier to blend in with her peers, it's more valuable to celebrate the qualities that make you unique. I think that's so a good story a good overall. Yeah, yeah. Good message. Oh, Sarah said she moved from Transylvania to Pennsylvania and is making human friends. Nice. Well, calling all Coco fans, myself included, a colorful new set of ears appeared at the parks this past week. The new Dia de los Muertos ears are beautiful. They feature a bright and colorful pattern with flowers attached to the headband. The bow is very unique and is designed to have a papel picado feel. So for those of you that don't know what that is, those are those kind of, you know, in the beginning of Coco, how they have those. The paper cut yep, out Yep, the cut out paper, yeah. like banners or whatever. They're Those are very really, cool. It is cool looking. And I know the first, I saw the, a picture of this online and the very first thing I did was like, Teresa, because <laughs> I know you this, love Coco and you love yes, the ears. Yes, this is definitely going to be added to my Mickey ears collection as soon as I can make that happen. Unfortunately, right now you can buy them online for like 40 bucks a pop. Not quite willing to spend that much for it. So maybe I'll have a friend that goes to the park soon and they can hook me up with a pair. You know, we did get an email from someone that said if we need any souvenirs from the park. <laughs> yes, yes, we need the cocoa ears. <laughs> Something that isn't specifically Disneyland, but is of note, is Mickey's 90th Spectacular on Sunday, November 4th from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on ABC. The two-hour program will have performances, tributes, and rare shorts never before seen by the public. So Mickey's 90th this whole year has been Disney celebrating Mickey's mm -hmm. 90th birthday. And so uh, this a lot of people seem very excited about this. Uh, today on Twitter, when we were getting ready for the show, so many people were talking about this and it just got announced like today. So very interesting. Very interesting. What do you think? You excited? To, are you going to watch this, Teresa? Of course. Anything Disney related that I can watch, I'm all over it. <laughs> James? I assume you'll make me watch it. <laughs> James is like, do I really have a choice on the matter if it's, I get to watch this or not? It'll be like Tim Tracker every night. Right. So, yeah, Tay, you need to remember that you're the you're talking to the girl who watches the Disney dream wedding shows just to get more views of the park. So there's that. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, that does it for the news this week. So this week, uh, our discussion topic is going to be... Uh, so we've had a couple guests on the last couple weeks, and this week we're going to do a more in-depth look of Pirates of the Caribbean. One of Tag and I's 
favorite most favorite attractions well, i think it's almost it's like almost everybody's favorite attraction mm-hmm. uh, i was actually watching a video today about um they were comparing five attractions that are at disney world and disneyland and sure. picking which version was better and at the very beginning of uh pirates which i think was like number three on his list on the at the very beginning he goes just so you know Disneyland's is far superior to Disney World's. <laughs> and he explained uh, the fact that, you know, at the Disney World version, you know, there's, you basically get to the meat and the potatoes of the, of the show, you know, going through the attraction. Mm-hmm. And you lose that whole buildup of getting That's into true. the story. And you lose the, like, build out, I guess, That's as you're leaving. Because yep. you, he was explaining how awesome it was that you go through the bayou and it kind of gets you in the mood. And then you go through the, you know, there's all the story like bringing you back to that time. And then when you go to leave, you've got the fire and everything's burning down. And in the Disney World version, you leave that, you see Jack Sparrow, and then you're at the onload dock, where this one, you, the one at Disneyland, you go past that, you have the jail scene, and then you have uh, like the little storeroom with them shooting back and forth at each mm-hmm. other in Jack Sparrow, and then you go up the waterfall, which is always <laughs> awesome. So what do you know about Pirates of the Caribbean, Teresa? Oh, gosh, what don't we know about Pirates? So like Tag kind of already alluded to, Pirates is considered by many to be one of the most spectacular attractions ever to be created in a theme park. Well, I totally agree with that. Now, this was earlier uh, before the show. We did some trivia, and didn't, James, it was the highest capacity? Yes, the highest capacity attraction. Hourly, per hour. How many people does it pump through an hour? Just shy of 3,100. A lot of people. And like we were mentioning earlier, there's still a line for it. It's just crazy. It's true, but it's just crazy. Like, I kind of wish overall that newer attractions would be built with this type of capacity oh, in mind sure. because uh you never even though there's a line you still don't wait very long for pirates mm-hmm. like the line's constantly moving it, yeah it, it does move very quickly considering and you know now even like thinking back on that so on average i'll say each time i walk past the attraction i would say there's roughly about roughly like 45 to an hour wait on a busy day easily now knowing that that means 3100 people are in that line in front of you pumping through that's crazy that moves very fast well and there's not even that much room for the queue in general no no, there isn't well so we go back to the very beginnings and of course the attraction was originally conceived as a wax museum Mm -hmm. it was gonna be a walkthrough which is very different than what we got how creepy would that have been i don't think i would have been a big fan of walking through that. <laughs> well, this is before audio animatronics, so what were you going to do? Um, so, uh, of course, after the success of the Carousel of Progress at the World's Fair in the 1964-65 World's Fair, um, they decided that audio animatronics was the way to go for telling this story. And, of course, I'm sure this is uh, later on in the uh, notes that you have here, Teresa, but I think it's very important to know that um, this was the last attraction that Walt mm-hmm. Disney personally worked on, and mm-hmm. it did. It was not open when he passed away. No, unfortunately, the attraction opened. Uh, it was just three months after Walt had passed away. So, what I, one thing I think about with Pirates that I think is is really awesome is that you look at Disneyland and you look back in the fifties when it was open, and you look at the kind of caliber of attraction, mm-hmm. and then you look at just in the you know. Uh, so in 12 years of Disney parks being around, you went from a lot of kind of themed off the shelf kind of attractions mm-hmm. to this. If Walt would have been younger or not had health problems and he would have lived longer, what would the next, you know, 15, oh, 20 years man. have brought us? 
It would have been amazing. I mean, we're in a great spot with Disney now with with a lot of attractions. And generally, they've always kept ahead of of their competition with, you know, how awesome and unique and uh, pushing the boundaries all their attractions are. But this was, like, amazing at the time. Just so... You had the World's Fair. The first thing that that had audio animatronics was the Tiki Room, Mm -hmm. which had a bunch of birds and stuff, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But then you have all of these uh, audio animatronics in there, and they're all moving a lot. It's just crazy. I think you have some info about that. Yeah, I was going to say, here is a figure for you. There's approximately 120 animated characters or audio animatronics that are in the quote-unquote cast of Pirates of Caribbean. Wow. Um, so 53 of the audio, uh, 53 of these are animals and birds, and there are 75 pirates and villagers in Still this attraction. That's just mind-boggling. The fact that the thing that's different with the audio animatronics is the fact that these characters are actually wearing clothing. It's not like these pieces are part of the, I don't know, part of the skeleton skeleton or part of the machine or whatever you want to call it these are all they're all costumed too so yeah. it's not just the figures it's then dressing all of these figures and keeping all this up to date it's just mind-boggling to me how much work goes into this attraction that we don't even know about just to keep it running as smoothly as we see it each day well you know if you think back to when we talked a little bit about the enchanted tiki room when mm-hmm. we talked about that when we did our tour and we talked about how uh that it was air conditioned to keep all the electronics and stuff cool. And the fact that below the Tiki room was this giant room of servers yeah. to, you know, well, not servers, but giant room of equipment to run all these audio animatronics. So just a few years later, imagine all of the backstage behind the scenes equipment that was there to run all these. Nowadays, it's a lot easier. You just have a bunch of computers that run mm-hmm. it that can fit into a lot smaller space. But just think about just the space that they needed to build this to get all the animatronics to work and go through their motions. It is crazy to me. So speaking of space, in the attraction itself, there are 630,000 gallons of water. And it takes them three days to empty and refill just the bayou for for renovations. Wow. That's... That's I can't even wrap my head around that. <laughs> That's just crazy. Well, yeah. I mean, you think about there's all those type of things, you know, like when they drain the rivers of America and stuff, it just takes so long mm-hmm. to do and then so long to fill. It's just amazing because you don't really think how large something is until you have to watch it get full <laughs> or whatever. And I'm yep. sure they're using giant pumps and stuff. I mean, it's not like you have a mm-hmm. faucet filling this thing up. So in a book that I was just reading recently um they were actually talking about a time where there's a couple of i I guess they're kind of like gates almost they were kind of almost a little bit like dams that kind of keep the water that's upstairs separate from the water that's downstairs where all the pirates are and something had happened and one of those gates actually opened and so a lot more water flooded down into the basement where all the where all the scenes i guess are and so it actually filled up Thankfully, no, I don't believe any audio animatronics or anything. It didn't go that high, but it actually filled up where the boats were so high that the boats actually came off their tracks. And so these poor cast members had to throw on these waders and actually like push around these boats and help people get out and like help them, you know, evacuate. And it took this whole big, huge, crazy amount of time to get this all done. But I just never, you know, it's one of those things you never really thought of. But yeah, there's no way that those two sections of water could be connected. Otherwise, it'd all be in the basement. That's true. Yeah, you got to think that they got to keep a lot up. And then, Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, they have some pumping over the waterfalls and down and stuff. But still, 
Uh, I never thought about that. Mm-hmm. And I of thought course, that was interesting. Speaking of the waterfalls, you know, the reason that the waterfalls were there was because you had to get the attraction under the railroad to mm-hmm. get out to the show building. And so that is uh, an important part of... And, and honestly, in that whole section of New Orleans Square, uh, that's kind of like all of the attractions over there because the Haunted Mansion is the same way. You, mm-hmm. you, the stretching room was built out of necessity to get people down so they could go under the railroad tracks to get out to the show building. Pirates is the exact same thing. The, the thing that's so amazing is all of these attractions, Pirates and Haunted Mansion included, these things are so well done that you don't even realize that you're descending. I mean, obviously in Pirates, you realize that you're descending, but you don't realize like that you're descending to then go completely somewhere else. You are just so transformed into these worlds that it just seems like normal like there's nothing unusual about the fact that you're in this weird elevator that you're going down and then back up two different waterfalls yeah well and another thing to think about that's really interesting too is the fact that uh like they make it part of the story Mm -hmm. like it's not like you know like i said with the haunted mansion like it's the stretching room like people aren't meant to think oh we're going down an elevator we have to go down to move somewhere or whatever it's it's not it's not done that way. It's done in a completely different way. And like the waterfalls, like what a cool way to transport you from one level to another than a waterfall. And of course, I've talked about this on the podcast before when Disney on one of the specials, I think it was the 10 Centennial um, Disneyland show episode where they talked about the pirates were coming to to New Orleans Square. And, you know, they, she was talking to the ambassador that year and they said, you know, how do you get out of all this? You go up the waterfall. And so it's just cool that like, you know, they kind of make all these story things kind of come together. And I think that's just awesome so um the attraction itself is uh, approximately 15 minutes long it is one of the longest attractions at the disneyland resort for that long and you know i don't it doesn't feel like 15 minutes or almost 15 minutes when you're on it because uh it you're just so immersed and there's so much going on and the only reason that i know to me that it's ever felt like it was that long was sometimes i like to go on this when phantasmic is going because there's not a line for it because everybody's watching (laughs) phantasmic and you could go in at the very beginning of phantasmic and by the time you exit phantasmic's almost over with all the different research and everything that we were doing on this and some interesting things that i found which i love doing this because i always find something new that i didn't know before but um the blue bayou so that's one of my favorite favorite restaurants in all of disneyland just delicious i've always i just love the atmosphere love the food just love it anyways i did not know that the restaurant within the ride actually opened the same day as the attraction did i thought that that actually came later um but it is considered to be one of the original themed restaurants did you know that I knew that it opened with the attraction because yeah. to me it seems like how when else would it have opened or how like like Something had to have been there. Right? <laughs> I suppose, but it just seems to me like it's more more recent than than the attraction itself. I just thought it was cool. <laughs> now, Pirates of the Caribbean is also part of a much larger complex, which is the New Orleans Square complex. And of course, a lot of New Orleans Square is shops that was that Walt built for Lillian to be yep. able to shop mm-hmm. with her friends, mm-hmm. and they so it's kind of. Uh, New Orleans Square is kind of the land dedicated to Lillian Disney from Walt, kind of like a present like to her and of course he wanted to put an attraction in it so that's why you got pirates of the caribbean that's uh 
kind of underground from everything. Of course, above Pirates, you have the apartment that he was mm-hmm. building for his family and to make it so people could come and visit, uh, you know, dignitaries and stuff, because a lot of famous people were coming to Disneyland uh, back in the day, especially when Walt Disney was still alive. You know, Nixon was there for the, you know, the rededication of Tomorrowland mm-hmm. and rode on the monorail. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it had the, you know, the submarine fleet and everything, too. And so... Uh, th- there's the upstairs apartment, which is now the dream suite, which actually is now not the dream suite. It's the uh, it's set up now for that dining experience or whatever oh, it is. Yes. You can spend mm-hmm. fifteen grand a person or whatever <laughs> it is. And so, um, and of course, the famous thing that everybody knows is also in this complex is Club Thirty Three. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's all part of that. So there's a lot here now up on that balcony from the. Um, apartment that was up there is a ornate initials of walt disney and roy disney wd and rd and they can be seen they're intertwined in the wrought iron railings above uh it says here above the entrance but it's kind of to the side of the entrance it's kind of it's above the where that little food place is yeah where the kind of over by the not by the fountain, but yes, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's right over by the um, the Le Baton Rouge or whatever. Yeah, so the you should get there. the what is it? Clam chowder. That's what everybody yeah. gets from there. <laughs> Clam chowder and the gumbo. See, you know, that's another thing that it, I'm sure I've seen it and noticed it, but I never really realized it. So that's another thing that I'm going to like make sure that I really like stop and appreciate next time I'm in the park. The initials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Another little kind of secret gem or whatever you want to call it that's actually in the attraction itself is um, the pirate chest, the Aztec pirate chest that was used in the film Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl actually appears in the treasure room. And it's the um, the last thing that guests see in that scene. So the treasure room is actually where all the skeletons are in the first part of the attraction. It's not... I got a little confused with this. It's not that last scene where Jack, it, Captain Jack Sparrow's in the room yeah. filled with treasure. That is not the treasure room. It's the one that's with all of the... Um, it's like where the captain's in the bed and mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. Yep, it's back. It's it's in that section of the attraction. So that's another thing I'm going to have to pay attention to next time I'm there because I just, I don't know, treasure chest. I didn't think that there was I anything special was... about any of them. So that's kind of cool. I didn't know it was in there. And of course, uh, we cannot talk about Pirates of the Caribbean without talking about the fact that it did just go through refurbishment, and the auction scene has been removed. Mm-hmm. So it is now uh, red is there, and they're selling chickens or whatever. And then also, uh, there's but she's that- more concerned with rum. She is more, well, as she should be. <laughs> yes, Hello, if you're a pirate, as any rum. good pirate would be. Uh, you know, so there's been a lot of changes over the years at Pirates of the Caribbean. Of course, uh, there was some changes when I was a kid that went from the pirates chasing the women around the mm, place. Yeah, they swapped that around, so they were chasing at one time they put food in the women's hands so it was like they were chasing the food the women had oh i remember that yeah it was just women running with food yeah (laughs) and then there was another one where they actually had one where the girl was chasing the guys one of the things uh was part of that and then of course now we've done the auction scene that's Mm -hmm. changed uh they also a few years ago they added jack sparrow all throughout the attraction and if you're lucky there may be four jack sparrows instead of the usual three because Mr. Johnny Depp has dressed up in character and oh. has been part of the attraction. I just I just can't even imagine. I love watching the videos because he blends in so well and so many people right. don't realize that he's not one of the characters and then all of a sudden he points them out and it kind of freaks him out a little bit. I feel like I feel like <laughs> if you were there on this day, you would get to the <gasps> unload and you'd be like, no, you're no, not no, taking no, me no. out. No, no, no. I would have crawled out of my <laughs> my sailing vessel onto the platform that he was at. And Let's be Teresa real. gets banned from the park. <laughs> no, really, if I would if it would be me, I would just be like frozen and just completely like 
in awe like oh my gosh is that re-? no yeah no that's really him because i know this attraction very well there's not a full figured jack in this area right <laughs> right just no, so cool yeah so there's been all these different additions and changes and stuff and and it's uh it's a great attraction one thing that was uh, a little tidbit that i remember reading too that was pretty funny was the um the f- the scene when the village is on fire oh, when they yeah. came to do inspections the fire person couldn't tell like they're like this looks too real so again the book that i was just recently sure. reading had a story on that so they there was a fire down there and people on and there were people going through the attraction and nobody realized that there was an actual real fire happening because it blended in with right. the background so well and so nobody realized anything is happening until they could start to smell smoke well then obviously they realized that the fire was actually real and it wasn't just the fake prop I don't fire. know, though. It's Disney. Like, I wouldn't have even thought. I'd be like, oh, they added smoke smell to this. Right, exactly. So so somebody finally wised up. Maybe it was a cast member that smelled the so. smoke. I don't remember specifically the details. And so that's why they made it look a little bit less real. And there's actually like a kill switch. So there's if there's a real fire, they can shut off, or if somebody suspects that there's a real fire, they can shut off the fake blaze to, to, make, sure. to make sure. Yep. Yep. Now, I will say one thing uh, that uh, can be kind of scary if there's an emergency or something like that is, a- as I understand it, they're, all of the backstage area for Pirates mm-hmm. is like a maze. Oh, I believe like, that, Like, yeah. I think, um, I believe that, uh, so there's a book um, that I'm sure I'll have you read at some point <laughs> that's um, by another set of podcasters. Um, they do The Sweep Spot, and the book that they have is Cleaning the Kingdom, and they were they were custodial cast members. Mm-hmm. And they talk, I believe there's a story in there, if I remember this correctly, there's a story in there of them talking about how they went into Pirates, like, because as cast members, as custodial cast members, you kind of get access to go into almost anywhere to clean up various things, and that, that you could get lost back there. If you yeah. didn't know your way around, you could get lost. Oh, Sarah said that uh, she's walked through the uh, crazy area, so she must have got evacuated. This is one I would still not be upset if I got stuck on this when it broke down. I don't know if this is at the top of my list. I think it'd be a little eerie to be back, like, in the backstage area of Pirates. Don't I remember that you have to, like, be pushed out by a cast member and waiters? Yes, you do. Wouldn't you feel bad, though? Because you have to... It's usually the women, too, and they're in those hip waiters, and they're, like, these little dinky girls, like, trying to push stuff. Sarah said they had to hop from boat to boat because it was in the open water part with Barbosa on the big ship. Oh, my God. I feel like that's the scary... That sounds pretty scary to me. Well, but think about that, like... What if you... I would be the person that fell overboard for real. Like, <laughs> and you know what? We'd get you a shirt that said "I fell overboard" and "Pirates of the Caribbean." They probably have special shirts just for those people. <laughs> you all right, James? <laughs> you're just laughing because I'm like, you're in the area where the cannonballs are just yeah, still exactly. going off, and you're yeah. just like, no, no, haven't they hit me yet? <laughs> oh man! Wow. So the attraction facade was actually inspired by the Cabildo building in Jackson Square in New Orleans and actually served as the seat of the Spanish colonial government back in 1799. Um, It's also noted to be the site where the Louisiana Purchase was signed back in 1803. I thought that was kind of neat. I didn't know. I did not know that. That was another fun little fact I found. Oh, you know what? So I just pulled up a, a picture of the Cabildo building, and the top definitely reminds me of Pirates for sure. Yeah. But we uh, we walked past this when we were in New Orleans. Well, cool. now I gotta look it up. <laughs> was it in the French Quarter, or was it? Yeah, because it's because here's that park. Oh yeah. So it's one of those buildings along the uh, the side there where they had like little shops and whatnot. 
And then they keep showing me this other thing that's not the thing. Are they showing that church that was in that area then? Uh, yeah, that's like over. Yeah, that's oh. next to it. Oh. Yeah, so this is right next to it. So there's the church here. You can see the steeple. Yeah. And it's there. Well, yeah. then. I, I, yeah, I okay. Yep, I remember that, too. I laugh at the... My, my fun fact I found was... Yeah, I thought that was a church. Speaking of New Orleans Square, it, it cost Disney $15 million to build New Orleans Square, which was the same price the U.S. paid for the New Orleans... Or the Louisiana Purchase. Ooh. Convenient. Well, I think if you they think... they did that on purpose. <laughs> how many... What, it was, what, 12, 12 years after Disneyland opened? Disneyland itself was $17 million. Yeah. So crazy. Well, you know, it's all those animatronics that cost all the money. Yeah. Well, so the other thing is Disney Imagineer X Anticio, which we've talked about before, uh, who wrote the attractions memorable tune Yoho Pirates Life for Me. Who doesn't know that one, right? <laughs> is the voice of the Jolly Roger Skull and Crossbones seen just before guests plunge down the first waterfall. Psst, there. I was just about to say, tag, how does it go? <laughs> right, right. Um, and then, let's see, another thing that I didn't know that I thought was interesting was I did not realize that the bridge was not there before. They actually built that bridge, that walkway in front of the attraction to allow guests to kind of pass over um, the line and to help with just traffic Conflow. flow in general because of the Pirates line. I well, that, is, that was interesting. It blends beautifully. It, it does. doesn't look like it was, you know, kind of an add on a, a later thought. That area is, even with the bridge, is a terrible bottleneck. Yeah, because, I know. I mean, it comes out of, it comes out of Adventureland, which yeah. is all a bottleneck. But now, who was behind the bridge? Do you know? I don't know, but I just cannot imagine that area without the bridge. It is our friend. Tony we have Baxter. many of them. Oh, Tony. Tony Baxter. We love Tony Baxter. <laughs> Had his hand in uh, in doing that. In fact, uh, I think I saw online somewhere this week, somebody was talking about how, uh, like, who is this generation's Tony Baxter? Oh, yes. We were talking about that in our chat. Yeah. And somebody, uh, Doug, Doug, or somebody mm-hmm. must have said that it was um, Joe Rohde. Last but not least of my fun facts about the Pirates ride is, so, gosh, when we talked about this... Months and months ago, when we were doing the, the tour of the park, we had talked about how there was rumors that um, skeletal remains were originally used for the skeleton scenes in the attraction. And one of the skeleton, actual real skeletons, um, still remains. It's actually just a skull, and you can see it. It's over top the... Um, what do I want to say? It's in the captain's bedroom, I guess would be a good way of saying it. And the captain's in the bed, the skeletal captain. And then there is a, on the wall behind him is a, a plaque with supposedly a real human skull. So I don't know. I'm not a huge historian. I don't know if this is fact. But the um, the rumor is, is that it is a real human skull that has been confirmed by several several cast members and it you know there's nothing fishy about how they got, how disney got this skull um it was actually donated from the ucla medical center so i just pulled up the picture it's mm-hmm. it's part of the headboard oh it's part of the headboard it's the skull and crossbones behind the guy who's in the bed with the giant magnifying glass that you know you end up seeing the crazy you know whatever there's a picture of a cast member like sitting on there's the bed. a ton of pictures with cast members sitting on the bed i i feel like you'd get your butt fired for doing that <laughs> maybe it's some sort of rite of passage maybe 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 that's crazy <laughs> sarah's posting her selfies of getting walked out of pirates oh oh yeah here you go here's two in the bed i told you that's ridiculous it's got to be like a rite of passage 
Must be. Well, they do that with the... Um, oh, I can't remember what it was. With the Jungle Cruise, they do something crazy like that, too, where they get like a rite of passage thing. But where they swim in the Jungle Cruise waters? Something like that. It's something crazy like that. I don't remember off the top of my head. When we do the Jungle Cruise, we'll talk we will, about Yes, it. we'll talk about it. So, uh, do we have anything else about... I mean, I'm sure we could talk all day about the Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, easily. But that, that, are, that is all the fun facts I wrote down for this episode. So, if we missed any facts or anything about Pirates of the Caribbean that you are aware of, feel free to give us a uh, send us an email or tweet at us or anything and let us know, and we can talk about it on the show. We'll leave us a voicemail. Well, yes, I was gonna say, or you can leave us a voicemail because <laughs> we love we love learning about all this stuff. So, if you guys definitely have any interesting little tidbits that we may have missed, please, please, please let us know. Well, as we wrap up, we want to thank all of you for listening and supporting us each and every week. If you're able, you can help us out by becoming a patron. Our patrons get some fun perks, including access to a supporter-only chat with us and fellow Disney Parks fans, and some Disneyland Weekly swag. Also, this evening's show was live-streamed to our cast member-level supporters and above. So mm-hmm. if you want to get in on that, uh, you should definitely become a supporter. Uh, so... Uh, we're also working towards some new goals that we hit certain milestones and support. The next level is commentary on shows, parades, and spectaculars. We're just $50 away from that goal. To find out more about this and other new milestones, head on over to DisneylandWeekly.com support. Well, if you're in the midst of saving for your next trip to Disneyland and can't support the show with money, then help us out by sharing Disneyland Weekly on social media or by word of mouth with other Disneyland fans that you may know. If you're going to the park soon and want to be wearing some Disneyland Weekly swag, head on over to DisneylandWeekly.com store to pick some up. If you'd like some advice and help planning your next Disney vacation, don't forget to contact the official travel planners of Disneyland Weekly concierge. We love seeing reviews on iTunes, plus it helps get our ranking better so people can find us and join the community. If you want to join in the, on the conversation, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disneyland Weekly, on Twitter at DL Weekly, on Instagram at DL Weekly, or by sending us an email at feedback at DisneylandWeekly.com. Again, you can also call us and leave us a voicemail at 657-345-4445, uh, or send us something in the mail, which the address is on our website at DisneylandWeekly.com. Feel free to email, Facebook, Instagram, comment, tweet, leave us a voicemail, or mail us any uh, questions, feedback, suggestions you may have about the show. We will be back next week with more Disneyland news and information. So until then, go out and enjoy the parks. I cannot wait until we get our first snail mail. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Disneyland has now ended its normal operating day. We hope you've enjoyed your visit to the Magic Kingdom and that you'll be back with us again soon.